Well, today, um, for the third time, I guess, we're going to be hearing the testimony of a, a new staff member. He's sitting right behind me. Last November, if you remember, Mark Hill shared uh, his testimony. He's our new assistant pastor. For those of you who are here with uh, new with us, Mark's right there with the cup of water for Michael. Thank you, Mark. Mark shared last, what was it? Was it November already? Yeah. Man, yeah, I guess. Time flies when you yeah. are having a rich time. Right, amen. Mark's our new assistant pastor of, of youth and family ministries. And three weeks ago, you heard from Tom Frazier, our pastor, our director of youth ministries. And today we're going to hear from someone who's coming here in more ways than there's time to talk about today is really a God thing, another God thing, as it has been with Mark and Tom and many other things. As many, many of you know, uh, Michael Obar was the uh, worship pastor for a couple years at uh, Agape Outpost, which is right across from the high school. And uh, last fall, I think it was last fall, was that true or before that, uh, that you left for the... Well, I've been going to Trek Public every... Every August for the right. three years, yeah. But then you left Agape to prepare to, to prepare for to go to the Czech Republic. That was around last fall, and his uh, he God delayed his going for several reasons. And uh, get this: when he was seeking final confirmation of whether he should actually wait before going, he gets a call from a senior pastor looking for a worship pastor. Yours truly, and the rest is history. We agreed that he'd be here at least for nine months from now until the end of our amphitheater season, which will be uh, at the end of August. And uh, then I guess we're just going to have to see what God will do. I guess we'll just have to, you know, wait on him. And uh, that's a good thing. Somehow it's fitting, especially, I think, for this staff position. We'll be waiting on God with our worship pastor and holding the future with uh, open hands. It'll be a good exercise to leave the future up to Him while we glorify God in the present. Amen? Amen. While we glorify God in the present. And, and it's fitting because in many ways that's what worship is all about. Leaving the future up to Him while we glorify God uh, in the present. It's really good to have you here with us, Michael. And Michael's going to be sharing a bit about his background and some of the things that drive him, and then we're going to be spending some time dialoguing together, which I'm looking forward to. It was a blast the first hour, and I think it'll be this hour, too. So come Thank on you. and share, Michael. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, uh, Tom spoke. How many of you are here for that? So about half of you. Um, jokingly, I told Tom... Uh, as staff, we're required to wear a tie when we speak. Um, <laughs> he didn't have one on at the time, so this morning I decided to wear one in his honor. Um, <laughs> I did actually have a different shirt that I wanted to wear. Um, it's one of my, my favorite ones. It's a new one. Um, but it was, uh, it was wrinkled. And for you ladies, I, I just didn't want to distract you with a wrinkled shirt. So uh, just uh, want to honor you in that. Um, <clears throat> I do appreciate so much... You guys allowing me to be here. It is a blessing. It is a, an honor. And, and it's amazing to just see the hearts that God has put here. Um, and and it's, it, it's been such a blessing the whole time. Even when I was at Agape and I get to join you guys here, um, just to see what God is doing in the county. Uh, and just uh, the, the people are amazing, you know. And, and so, again, I'm thankful um, 
for you all. Now, as far as who I am, a couple statistics. We'll, uh, we'll start off this time instead of Mark having to ask that first question, and that is, I'm a snowboarder. <laughs> so um, I used to ski, but uh, snowboarding's easier on my knees. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I was born in the Philippines. I was born in a, a, a church called Santa Tomas, which is Saint Thomas. Sorry, I keep doing that. Uh, St. Thomas University Hospital. Um, lived in the Philippines till I was almost two. We moved here when I was, when I was uh, um, almost two. Uh, moved to Chicago and then to Dallas. I pretty much grew up in Dallas. But in that time, the Lord really started preparing me from as far as I can remember. Um, I grew up on stage. My first, uh, first gig, first lead role was when I was four. It was my... Uh, uh, um, uh, kindergarten years. It was the Christmas play. And that day I walked in and my teacher said, our lead person has called in sick. How would you like to be the person? And I said, I don't know the lines. And she said, that's okay, we'll give you a script. Um, and so I did it. Did it with a script. I remember uh, the, the curtains opening and on stage was just this one box and I, I would pop out of the box when the lights came on and then began to play. So fast forward um, a little bit here. I grew up with singers. My family all sings. Uh, in high school is when I got saved, uh, when I was 14. Um, I was actually suicidal. And, and in this time, I remember um, just crying out to God and saying, Lord, if you're real, I don't know if me killing myself uh, will send me straight to hell, but I don't want to find out. Uh, so you kill me or I will. And I meant it with all my heart. So you kill me and I will, or I will. And what happened, um, I'll skip the longer part of the story, but what happened is I believe God really did kill my old man, killed me, who I am. Did my ch- life change from that moment on? No, it wasn't a sudden Suddenly everything is perfect, but it was, it was a thing where that was the start of God teaching me who I am. And so um, I'm going to ask you all to turn to Matthew, um, Matthew 16, verses 13 through 28. And, and while you turn there, I'll continue. In this time when, when I was seeking God and, and, and um, asking him, uh, who am I? Because that's something that, that I wanted to know. Why am I here on earth? I'm the youngest of six kids. Um, uh, my mom is Francisca. My dad is Orlando. Um, I have five brothers and sisters, May, Tommy, May, David, Tommy, Romar, and Joyce. Um, everyone in the family had piano lessons except for me. Um, and, and I remember at 17 asking the Lord, Find me a teacher. Please find me a teacher. And, and he said, I'll be your teacher. I'll be your teacher. And so, um, so he started teaching me more about worship. Uh, the other significant thing about my family is that as an Obar, I was raised to be an engineer. Um, and and, and the, the females in my family were raised to be in the medical field. So engineer, medical field, or Navy. That was, those were our choices. Um, but when I decided to pursue music, um, 
my family uh, really freaked out. Yeah, they said, "What are you going to do? Work in a you know you go for your your music degree and then and then uh, uh, end up working in in a department store for the rest of your life." You know, I mean, they were mad. But this is who we are. This is who we were. As Obars, um, the 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 industry to um, to go to is is significant. You know, you you um, either you're this, or are you even a part of their family? They didn't exile me. They still love me. So let me clarify that. But at the same time, it was like, uh, no, don't do this. And I think a lot of times that happens with us as believers. So let's turn to um, Matthew. And this is in the New Living um, Translation. It says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? Well, then they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, of, uh, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed it to you. You do not learn this from any human being. Now I, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth uh, will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So in this, in this verse, um, the first thing is that Jesus says, Who do you say that I am? And, and a lot of times we ask that question and think, um, Okay, you're my Savior, you're my Lord, and all this. And, and we know the correct, the correct answer. But I want to challenge you to say, who do you say personally? If the church didn't exist, who would you say Jesus is? And then in turn, Jesus does say who we are. In this example, um, when Peter said, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, he said, you're right, because the Father revealed it to you. And then Jesus said, but this is who you are. And I think we forget that at times. And so as, as I move forward um, in life, it, it, there's a lot of times where I feel like I'm, I'm in that box in the middle of stage with nothing else on stage. And the Lord says, come out. I'm going to use you now. And in, the, in, in, um, in that play, I didn't know the lines I didn't know what I was supposed to say, um, but my teacher gave me a script. And I think that's the same thing in our lives where, where God is saying, I've given you a script. I know. I know that you don't know everything to say. I know that you don't have the perfect words. I know that you, you don't know exactly um, where you're supposed to be and not be. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, but... He leads us. And so we do things because of who we are. How many of you dressed up this morning? Or you consider dressed up? Right? Why did we do it? 
right? We do it to honor God. Did we do it for the person sitting next to us? Maybe, right? But how, who we are affects our decisions. It, it, it affects who we choose as our friends and where we don't stand. <laughs> it, it does. It, um, we decide, okay, because these people have the same heart as I do, I'm going to pursue a friendship there. But it doesn't stop there. Because Christ has made us um, to be people who love others. Christ has made us people who have his heart. We also reach out, right? Just because people don't believe the same way we do, God gives us a heart to reach out to them as well. And so the question is, not only who am I, you know, um, I know that God has given me a heart to worship, but that's not uh, being a worshiper, being a worship leader, being a worship pastor. Um, God even says, that's not who you are. It sounds strange, but he says, that's not who you are. It's what you do. I put it in your heart. But then he says, who you are is mine. And each of you, you know, whether you're an engineer, doctor, nurse, businessman, or work in a department store, it doesn't matter. The answer is, you are his. Who do you say Jesus is? He's the Son of God. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's our Savior. He's our friend. But remember to listen to, who are you? Who is Christ saying that you are? And out of that, we, we do reach out. Out of that, we learn. <laughs> How many of you shop at Walmart? Right? How many of you know who Arthur is? Heart of gold. Yes. Hello. Please welcome. <laughs> yeah. We know that because of just those words, we know who Arthur is. Immediately. Somebody, it doesn't matter who says it. Hello, please welcome. We think, Arthur. Right? And God is the same way. We learn to hear his voice. We learn to, to uh, uh, hear how he calls our name. We learn to hear um, uh, his heartbeat. I was challenged when I first met Arthur because um, I thought, you know, here's, here's a, a guy with a very thick accent, and, and I'm drawn to, to people from other countries as well. So, um, so he said, hello, please welcome. And I said, hello, how are you doing? And he said, hello, please welcome. <laughs> and, and so I, I thought, oh, cool, he's just coming to the U.S., and you know, really brave uh, to, to come here not knowing very many words in, in English. And then I ran into him at, at another store, like at Safeway or something. And then I said, I said, Arthur, how are you? He goes, oh, very good. How are you? You know, and I thought, he does speak English, <laughs> you know. And then a couple of years ago, I find out he, in the paper that he's been here for 22 years, you know. Um, 
But what a character. You know, he knows... He knows what just a few words can do to another person. Hello, please welcome. And so he does that because of who he is. In the same way Jesus is that with us. Hello, please welcome. You know, here's my kingdom. And with us, walking in who we are, we are his. So what does that mean? Um, because we are who, we're his, it affects the choices we make. It affects what clothes we decide to wear. It affects when we wear a suit and when we wear shorts. It affects who, who we choose as friends. It affects um, how we pay our bills. And on the flip side, I really believe that when we do choose unwisely or choose uh, something that is not of God, it's not that it makes us... It's not that it's because we are horrible. It's not because... Um, that we are destined to fail. But it is because we forget. We forget who we are. You know? How many of you have kids? Uh, nine and under? Um, when, when you're at home and, and you sit at the dinner table, there's expectations, Right? And uh, um, and so uh, so they know how to act when you're at dinner. Now, what about the first time you took them out to a restaurant? Do you remember that? Did they remember who they are, or did they forget? Right. And it's the same thing with us. Is is that? Um, sometimes we beat ourselves in the head and think, gosh, if I really was a strong believer, if I really trusted Christ, then I wouldn't have done that. And, and we, we beat ourselves in the head and we, we, we go to bed and we, we wake up and think, oh, I hope I'm not as horrible as yesterday. Right? What his word says, that his mercies are new every morning. And so I challenge you, remember who you are. Remember who Christ made you to be. You know, who am I? Yeah, I lead worship. I love to sing. I love to play. Um, but simply put, I'm His. Heart, head, life. Do I mess up all the time? Do I do it on purpose? No. Am I still paying for some of the things, the unwise choices I've done? Absolutely. But it still doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change who He made me to be. And, and so as we move forward, um, we'll make those decisions. Make those decisions to, to honor, honor God. And one last story. One last story is that my dad died uh, two years ago, November 15th of 2009. And it was an amazing time. And I can, I can tell you that I know everyone has to deal with death. 
but I can wish this upon everyone as far as how it happened. And, and I say this because it was such a blessing for two reasons. One, my dad died happy. I have a picture of him that morning fishing, and he's had this huge fish. You know? um, and he was surrounded by people who, who, who just loved him um, and everything. But the other reason that, that I'm so thankful is in that time, I got to meet so many of my family that I'd never met before. I went back to the Philippines and got to meet so many family. And what made me so proud is when my family would say, I can see your dad's eyes in you. I love my dad. And he had a heart for people. What he was doing in the Philippines, he started... Uh, doing uh, medical missions. And he's not a doctor. He's an engineer. <laughs> and so, um, even with that, why did he do it? Because of who God made him to be. And so in this same sense, the question is, who are you? And to know you can be proud when somebody can see Christ's eyes in you. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Well, speaking of who you are, when I was talking with Michael on the phone, our first conversation when I was kind of exploring him out to see uh, what God's future might hold, he mentioned, as he did at the beginning and end of uh, our time today, that he was from the Philippines. And that really uh, got my interest because my, I'm a missionary kid from Asia and my uncle was a missionary in the Philippines for many years and I've been there, uh, went back numerous times, lived there and the one thing that we all most loved about the Filipinos, speaking of who they are, who Michael is, they excel in two things almost more than anything else and that is in relationships and in music. They're a very musical culture and they are a culture that know really how to love. And, uh, Michael, it is a good thing to have you on board because that fits us like a round peg in a round hole in a lot of different ways. But speaking of relationships, I'd like to begin by asking you a little bit about your philosophy, and in particular, your philosophy of supporting the Broncos. Okay? You do support the Broncos. I do. Okay. What is your philosophy of of supporting the Broncos through thick and thin? This says a lot about this guy. Yes. Uh, I, I love the Broncos, and so I will... I will pray for them. Um, you know, but uh, the thing about what I love about sports in general, but especially the Broncos, is that it teaches us a lot. You know, when we were watching the game against uh, New England, it was hard. It was really tough. And, of course, we wanted to turn off the TV um, a lot of times. <laughs> um, but I said, no, you know, let's keep watching, you know, because through thick and thin we – um, we get to practice being the church. It's just a game. It doesn't affect our life. It doesn't, unless you bet on it. Which, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't affect our lives, whether they win or lose. But one thing it does do is it encourages us. And so it's a great practice of being the church because how many of us have gone through hard times? And how many of us have, have been in a place where what we planned didn't come out the way we wanted it to. No matter how hard we worked, no matter how hard we tried, um, it didn't come out the same way. Um, And so in that, we get to practice being the church and encouraging each other to say, you know what? I'm sorry it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. 
but we're here for you and we're cheering you on. Mm-hmm. Amen. Sports has a lot of lessons, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> and it's good to have a guy who leads us in worship, who exhibits the love of Christ through thick and thin. And that's a huge thing. Speaking of relationships, why don't you share a bit about your relationship with God, your devotional life, how you make live contact with Him when you're not standing yeah. up here? <laughs> um, honestly, I, I don't over-spiritualize it, but one thing I do is is just throughout the day, whether it's just get up and 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 even say good morning to the Lord. Um, when it comes to meals, I don't always pray over meals, and I know that's offensive to some. Um, but the reason why isn't isn't because I forget or don't want to. Is I really have this philosophy of just always praying. You know, even when you go see Arthur, you know, praying for him. You don't have to pray for him out loud and, you know, and distract him from his job, but at the same time, just praying for different people and even saying hello to people. Um, you know, my philosophy in worship is that, um, I didn't share this in first uh, service, but um, a long time ago, the Lord challenged me. He said, I, um, there's a difference between leading people in worship and leading people, people into my presence. And I want you to lead people into my presence. And so that... Is, is whether it's music or even just um, in, in the grocery store saying, hello, how are you doing? Hello, please welcome. <laughs> you know, um, we, we can invite people into his presence even in those moments. Mm. So. And you can really tell it, Michael. I think you've got an authenticity up here because you're in God's presence in your life and you lead people. And that's a wonderful thing. It's his doing, Amen. but it's through your personality. Moving from your relationship to God to people, how does um, your relationship with people fit into being a worship pastor? How, how are the two connected? <laughs> well, it, when it comes to leading, especially I've been in a lot of different churches from from conservative to, to charismatic churches. One of the things that the Lord's put on my heart is is to know the heart of the the church. You know, and, and, and I'm learning. I'm learning who all of you are. And, and, and to, to know, to learn um, who the specific fellowship is, the personality of this body, that, that we together would worship him. You know, and, and, and in that, even changing, um, changing our perspective. Because I know there's many who, who, have, who have come up to me and said, you know, uh, I always look forward to worship because it refreshes me and gets me set for the, for the week. And so I want to challenge you to change the perspective to say, um, what are you doing doing during the week? Because there's the, the scripture that we use of bringing our first fruits to the storehouse. And we always relate that with, me, uh, with uh, money or finances and things. Um, but I want to challenge you to, to look at that with the perspective of your heart. What are we doing to cultivate uh, or what are we cultivating during the week? Are we cultivating a heart for God or are we cultivating a heart um, for the tasks at hand? And so when we come together on Sundays, that we come giving the first fruits of what we, um, what we have cultivated during, the week, during mm-hmm. the week. You know? Saying hi, Arthur. Saying hi, mm-hmm. Cindy. Saying hi, whoever is at the, at the, um, uh, the checkout stands. You know, whether they're believers or not, 
you know, we can still cultivate a, a heart of worship and then the first fruits that we bring together mm-hmm. here. Because um, honestly, we don't have to have in, any instruments up here. You know, we don't. Um, and God challenged me a long time ago of saying, if I took away your arms and legs, would the vision I've given you still apply? Would you still be able to worship? And the answer is yes. You know? Mm-hmm. So... It doesn't matter what the music is. It doesn't matter um, uh, who's playing, who's not playing. Um, it's it's what we bring as a family, what we bring to the table. Amen. So really you're saying that you, your desire for us is the same thing that you strive to practice during the week, that your worship during on Sunday morning would be the climax of what you do all through the week. Yeah. Wow. How about hobbies? What kind of things do you like to do? Um, I, I really like art, so I would uh, uh, I do calligraphy, um, graphic design, and different things. Um, snowboarding, of course, mm-hmm. um, but really all the arts. Uh, I think I, I dabble in a lot of different artistic things. Also, I like puzzles. I think that's part of why I like art. Um, is uh, now why do you like puzzles? Um, it slows me down. My my mind is always spinning. So to to be able to just focus on something and, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, figure it out. And the problem is, is the more difficult the puzzle, the longer I stay awake at night. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, Michael, how can we be praying for you? Um, we're going to pray in just a bit and together. But uh, for you as well as how would you like us to be praying for ourselves as a church uh, when it comes to our worship? And... Yeah. Actually, um, just for God's leading as far as how to go about what what he wants here, you know, um, to, to be able to to uh, connect with the right people and, mm-hmm. and everything. And also, um, you know, my heart for the Czech Republic is still strong. And so um, just asking the Lord for timing and, and also preparation. You know, I'd like to get out of debt and also um, uh, get my health in order to where, where I can um, just do it well, mm. you know. So if you want them to stay, pray for bad health. (laughs) (laughs) So however you feel, then (laughs) we uh, we thought we'd close this service by having anyone who's been involved in worship, whether on the PowerPoint or the uh, the sound people or up here on the stage, if you could come forward along with staff and staff spouses and elders and elder spouses, if you could come on down, we're going to gather around Michael right now. And um, uh, lift both him up as well as our congregation uh, for this uh, next chapter that we're going to enjoy together and that we already have been enjoying. Um, So just uh, lay hands on Michael, or if you're not close enough, lay hands on the one who's behind you. And we will, however you feel led, just lift up a short prayer, and then I'll close after just a bit.
Amen. God, lead Michael. Lead us. Shining path in front of him. Show him your vision for us. Thank you for Michael, Lord, and we thank you for his passion to share with your family the just the being, the ability to just come into your presence. I thank you mm -hmm. for his heart of true worship. And just help us as a as a body, Lord, to grow in that. To not just be about singing, but to truly come into your presence and feel that we've met you face to face. And I just pray that you would bless that aspect of his ministry, that it would just abound and flourish even more. Father, I thank you for um, bringing Michael to us and how this is something that you have so clearly done for this season in our life together as a body. And Father, I do uh, want to thank you that you have called us to go passionately out of our growing intimacy with you and that we can experience that intimacy all through the day, both alone and with other people, climaxing on Sunday morning. And so, Father, we do uh, commit Michael to you as well as ourselves and pray that you would enable us to practice your presence more and more through every minute of our lives, to make live contact with you in our hearts and our spirits as we talk to other people so that you could channel what you want to be said and what you want to be done so that we could experience you uh, not just in a static way but the movement of your spirit through the grids of our personalities so that when we come together Sunday morning, there'd be a synergy of that kind of thing, and that you'd move through all of us in a corporate intimacy that would raise your praises as with a thousand tongues. And so, Father, we do commit ourselves to you to that end for these next months, and we thank you that we can glorify you in the present and hold the future with open hands in every way because of what you have done, and that we can do this with Michael, too. So we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, brother. Well, why don't we all stand? And speaking about going to our real worship, the worship of our lives, go. Go into the world in peace and do it. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Honor all men. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering and share the gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you and through you all. Amen and amen. Thanks for coming. <laughs>